0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fire It Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are new rule changes coming to the MLB next year. Dabo staying in Clemson. Scott Frost out at Nebraska. Where do the Cornhuskers go from here? Upsets, upsets, and more upsets. Recapping last week's college football games and previewing week three's biggest games. With that, I give you our Chief
1: fire, fire Brigade, Rob Cowell. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here in Delaware, Ohio on a beautiful uh, Wednesday night. Uh, you know, we're down here in the studio in Matt's basement, and like Colton said, we got going to start with a little baseball news, um, some new rule changes coming up, a lot of them to do with the pitching. I think the majority of them revolve around the pitcher and the pitcher's mound there, and then uh, um, the shift, they made some rule changes on the shift, and also, you um, change the size of the bases. So, Matt, you want to get us started?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I found it interesting just how, how they came up with these rules. It's the, the league's competition committee, which is made up of six owners, four players, and one umpire. So that, those are the, the folks who kind of voted on these rules and, and put them into place. It, it kind of seems a little lopsided, though, that the owners have six but the players only having four, it. it doesn't seem like the players ever even have a chance to vote down anything that the owners want to put in place.
0: Yeah. Well, it's an interesting caveat that you say that because mm-hmm. the, the
2: two big rules or you know, the two major rules that they, that they changed
0: it, um, you know, adding the pitch clock and the uh, banning kind of the defensive shifts, um, the players, all you know, four of the players, players voted no on those. Them. So yeah. it yeah. was not, you know, was not a unanimous vote by any means on those, those specific rules. So, it's interesting you bring that up because, yeah, yeah the, the players obviously down, down a couple guys, so right. it, it, it doesn't take much to, you know, out, outrun them or o- right. overrule them. So, but, um, yeah, definitely interesting. Yeah, it's that. almost just
1: like, you know, what's the point? Right. The owners are going to get what they want. Right, Right. yeah, what's and the
0: point of having the players there if they can easily get overruled, yeah.
1: You know, and the one that they did vote on, the, the base change, you know, from 15 inches – square to 18 inches square um that's probably the one that i'm against and the players and i understand you know reading it that it was
2: uh it's supposed to be for player safety and they said
1: it did cut cut collision injuries by 13 and a half percent and right and you know it was an interesting point i read they tested this over eight thousand minor league games Mm
2: -hmm. yeah these
1: rule changes which equates to about three and a half um major league seasons oh, right. wow yeah so i mean it wasn't like they didn't do their research and mm-hmm. stuff on this i just i don't know i to me the, i would uh, be
0: i'd be interested to see you know that 13 and percent you know cut down on the the base collisions i mean i'd be interested to see
2: like what the numbers were you know you, you watch I, I feel like the player if they're going to crowd the base they're going to crowd right. the base. yeah I mean, they're I, trying I just, to keep them from getting there. just be
0: interested you know if it went down from like 70 down to like 25 or you know what what the actual like drop you know drop was because i mean even if you know if you even if you're looking at you know a bunch of games there i mean how many times do you really see that it it seems like it's one of those like just like freak things that happens like every handful of games Mm -hmm. or whatever so i'd be you know interested to see like what the actual data was like you know how many actual collisions happened and then they increased you know the base size and now they only have you know uh, you know, 13, 13, half percent less. Right. What those numbers actually they said are. The other
1: thing it'll do is help guys that slide hard, like, um, not coming off the base with mm-hmm. that increased size mm-hmm. that they'll be able to hook more of that, more of the plate with their hand or their foot to try to stay on the base. So you won't have guys getting tagged out that overslide the base as much. Right. Um, now yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it, to
0: and to add to that, you know, by increasing the base size, that obviously decreases the distance between the bases. Right. So what Four I was and kind and of half inches. What I was kind of seeing is that you know the MLB is trying to somewhat increase
2: base stealing okay. to try to
0: up run scoring. To well, try and to, they
2: always talk about the bang bang, how fast the catcher can get it to that second baseman. Right. And I mean that's going to cut down that time. Right. And it usually is that close. Yeah. I tried that's to find some stats difference.
1: on that, but I really couldn't find it because they did get some stats. Like when we start talking about um, the the uh, changes they made in the timer and the amount number of times a pitcher can step off, that mm-hmm. um, it led to from there was an app before the rule institution in the, in the minors there was two point two three attempted steals per game, mm-hmm. and with the new rules it went to two point eight three, mm-hmm. which is not a lot, but the percentage um, uh, success rate went from sixty eight percent to 77 percent mm. but i don't know if that was including the new base size mm-hmm. so yeah right, right yeah it seems like quite a jump right you know to me i
0: mean that's yeah almost 10 percent there you know increase yeah. uh, almost you know it's over three quarters of the time they're you know reaching base on a stolen
1: bait you know safely so i don't on... know if that was a combination of those two rules mm-hmm. that increased that
2: or or what that because to me right. I, I think definitely if, if the pitcher's thrown over twice you now have the green light because you know he's he's not thrown over again right? yeah you 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 can
1: get that big lead Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's let's get into that a little bit um you know we we talked a lot of these rules revolve around the pitcher starting off there's a a 30 seconds between batters batters got to be in the box ready to go Mm -hmm. you know within 30 seconds of the last batter and then 15 seconds between pitches if if the bases bases are empty empty. yeah 20 if um there's somebody on base and then uh and it, it and i was wondering how they were going to time it but the pitcher has to be started into his motion before the clock expires yeah
2: mm-hmm. yep, yep. So, and there's, there's other caveats that as well the catcher also has to be in position with 10 seconds left on the clock the batter must be in position with 8 seconds left right. on the clock yeah um, and and so if if the pitcher is timed out or if the catcher's timed out it's an automatic ball mm-hmm. and you know you go on to the next pitch if yeah. it, if the uh Batter's batter. timed out; it's an automatic strike on the batter, and, yeah. and they move on. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how firm they hold to these rules, though, because it's going to—it's not—it's not, it's not going to be very competitively fair if you have one umpire who's a little loose with it and let you get away with things. I think they almost got to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, with the with, be right with an actual the timer, I mean, right. I
0: think you really have to have to stick to it. I mean, like I said, these are a lot of these rules or all of these rules were tested in the minor leagues, and and it seems like they've had. Mm-hmm. I guess if the MLB, you know, from from all these rule changes, the MLB is trying to speed up play. They, right. they, you know, that's been the biggest thing with with baseball. Or you know, the casual fan fans, fans is, don't want to sit through a baseball lasts. Baseball game. You know, yeah. forever. It takes too long. I don't want to go to a game or watch a game. It takes mm-hmm. forever. Well, when the you know when the minor leagues tested this pitch clock and you know some of these other rules games are now lasting under two and a half
1: hours, which could be 20, average, about like an NFL minutes. Game.
0: Yeah, which is about, you know, the equivalent of watching an NFL or college football yeah. or, you know, even, you know, NBA game or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think now the MLB is starting to get somewhat competitive time-wise with some of these, you know, the other professional leagues. So right. I, I think that they're going to hopefully accomplish what they're trying to. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I think the umpires are almost going to have to. With, with having that clock, I, I assume it's going to be in the stadium somewhere, or posted, or something yeah, like that, like, like, like the play clock in the right, NFL right. or the shot clock in the NBA. So I mean, they're going to have to somewhat keep to it. I don't, I don't know that there's a way to be lenient on it, or you know. Well, I, just, I
2: just think it'll be kind of like you know, a football official. It's uh, hard to see everything though, mm-hmm. so you're you're watching the picture, you're watching the well, batter, that's what you're watching the wonder Is it going to be the
1: home plate umpire that makes that ruling, mm-hmm. or? Like the crew chief, or cause or do they have
0: an extra person that that's that that's all, all they, they do? do. That's, yeah. To yeah. me,
1: that's the best way to do mm-hmm. it, um because to me, if it's left to the home plate umpire, like he's watching that clock, and then does that divert some of his focus or some from, of his attention? Calling or an, or an actual or ball or strike, yeah. balls and strikes, because one of the rules that they absolutely didn't implement was the you know robot ref or the you know the automatic balls and strikes mm-hmm. so yeah um and the other one that we haven't talked about yet was the shift. they pretty much did away with the ship mm-hmm. um, you got to have two players on each side of second base with both, and, feet, uh, both
2: feet, feet in and the dirt. dirt
1: feet in the dirt mm-hmm. when the pitcher is on the rubber yeah so um and you can't switch mm-hmm. like if you have a the way they described it, if you have a stud infielder, you can't move him from shortstop to second mm. in the middle of an inning. Okay. Um, so yeah, which I I didn't realize that I just read that today. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so and they, I guess
0: this rule can be reviewed. I guess mm-hmm. um, is another thing that they they added.
1: You know, this mm-hmm.
0: can be go back to you know instant replay, if you right. will, and if and if it's deemed that you know the defense will had an illegal shift or they you know weren't in position or you know uh-huh. didn't have the right formation there. The batting team can either choose to accept whatever the outcome of the play, was, play was, or they can take a take an automatic ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's a couple of different, over yeah, a couple different right. scenarios right. there. But yeah. yeah, I just think, you know, I, I think it is a good thing you brought up there, Matt. You know, by adding all these rules, which you know, a lot of new rules, a lot of new things that just baseball has not had. You know, whatever this, these are some pretty drastic changes,
1: and it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah,
0: and all of them are being instituted next year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all these umpires keep track of all this stuff, you know, all at one time. And we we talk about a lot of taking the, the referees out of the game or not allowing them to influence the game, but by just keep adding more rules, more yeah. rules, that's more stuff that they have to remember, they have to keep track of that, you and know. Enforce. And, and enforce. And enforce yeah. and, you know, could possibly slip between the cracks. Yeah, it, so, absolutely. Like
1: Matt said, like, you know, a lot of these, um, uh, you know, th- uh, throw down or, a, you know, even like the catcher throwing to second base, some um, are, you know, bang, bang, matter of inches play. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, shortening the net by four and a half inches, that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, I mean – you know, I was you know. watching the game like I was watching the Indians last night or the Guardians last night and uh, they did throw a guy out trying to steal, but if he'd had an extra four and a half inches, he been he'd late. have been safe. Right. Yeah. So I mean it's gonna make a difference. Yeah, it'll but, be uh, interesting to see. And huh? I,
2: I do think other than just trying to speed up the game, I, I think they're trying to get some more offensive oh, the yeah. games. They, they want this to be more exciting for the fans, yeah. you know, yeah. more action on the offensive side. Right. All
1: right. No, you know, as you know, what do you guys think overall? To me, I don't like increasing the base sizes. Mm-hmm. The pitch count, I like. Mm-hmm. The shift, I like that t- rule too. I don't, I don't like them overloading one side of the one side of the infield. Well, I mean, it really. I, I guess it, my
2: only problem with the shift rule is th- these batters are professional baseball players. If if that's the only place they can hit, you should be able to have that strategy to get them out. If you've done the scouting and you know yeah. that's exactly where they're going to hit the ball. Then I don't have a problem with them going there. The batter needs to adjust, then, and he needs to start hitting it to the opposite field. And he's going to get doubles and triples because there's nobody there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, don't I like this. I never liked them, mm. you know, shifting all those guys over to one side, but that's just my right. personal feeling. Um, but I, I I definitely don't like the increase. Not, not that I say that, you know, you're, if anytime you can cut down on in injuries, it's not a good thing. Right. But, Um, I just, to me, it just, I think it's being done. I think they're, it's under the guise of reduced injuries, but I think it's it's more more like what Matt said. Base stealing and excitement. Increase the runs and, uh, you know, the excitement in the game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, and and But I do like the pitch count. I Mm -hmm. will say that. We'll see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of you know, looking at it for the first time or as a new rule to me, it's a little confusing,
2: but just uh, well, a lot then, of be, a lot being, stuff here, track being here of. in Ohio, I, you know, I've been to a few Clippers games since that pitch clock's been implemented. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is, I do like they, they do a good job keeping it moving along. Right. It yeah. is, it, I think that is going to be a good rule. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep.
1: very good. All right. Well, that's, that's good Good stuff there, fellas. Okay, let's move on to uh, some college football news, and not actually football, but actually coaching news. Mm. Uh Dabo Sweeney joined the $10 million club. Uh, that's an elite few. Him, uh, Saban, uh, Brian Day, mm-hmm. um, yeah. maybe one other.
2: Yeah, I think uh, is I uh, Texas Sam uh, uh, Jimbo. Jimbo might be Jimbo. up there yeah. too. So, so. Yeah, Probably Brian of, Kelly. Yeah, kind of yeah.
1: an elite group. So, you know, he's going from averaging $8.3 million a season to, uh, uh, you know, averaging $11.5 million. A season, mm-hmm. um, and it's a ten-year extension. Um, you know that's uh, <laughs> he's uh, number two right behind Nick Saban as far as salary goes. I, right. I was a little surprised um, that they gave him saving money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know the guy's one hundred and fifty-one and thirty-six overall, uh, two national championships. Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I was going to say since since we've entered the, the playoff era of college football, he's he's really accomplished as much or more than anybody else other than Sabin. Mm-hmm. so I, I guess it makes sense that he's up you there know, with them right but it, it the timing seemed off to me because yeah last year's team doesn't make the playoffs this year you know they, they have won their first two games but they haven't come without problems and mm-hmm. it, it, it's looking like it, it could be another the season could really go either way it mm-hmm. could definitely hinge on in you know, one play or another here right. so you know it, it just it's the timing seemed off to me but i, I do think he deserves the money mm-hmm. I, you know. I
1: think some of it might have had to do with recruiting too mm-hmm. um you know they he's had a top 10 recruit class five times since he's been there and to me i think they got the right now they have the number 1 qb in the class of 22 coming in so mm-hmm. i think maybe them getting behind their coach they're trying to cement some of those top picks right. or top uh, recruits coming in. Um, I don't know, Colton, what do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I think uh this is yeah, interesting. You know, for me I was I was reading and I guess I hadn't realized but but Dabo's this this is his fifteenth season that Clemson. Yeah. I guess I hadn't realized he had been there been there mm-hmm. that long. I mean Seems like just yesterday he was taking over at Clemson and, you know, turning that program around. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, took over in, in 2008 as the interim coach and, you know, has never looked back since then. But, you know, I think, yeah, definitely, you know, he has got two national titles, you know, seven ACC titles. And like dad said, 151 wins in his, you know, in his career there at Clemson. So I, I don't know. Yeah. You can't say enough of good things about, you know, what he's done for for that program. Uh, but you know, I think I think it is interesting. There was some some verbiage in that uh-huh. contract. I know where you're going. Uh, you know, if if uh, Sweeney were to leave Clemson at the end of this year and, and make his way down to that that school in Alabama, at the University of Alabama, he actually owes Clemson nine million. Would would owe Clemson nine million dollars. Um, but if he goes, if he leaves after 2022, goes to any other school but Alabama. He still owes Clemson money, but it's only six million dollars. Yeah. yeah, one
1: and a half times if right. he goes to Alabama. But then
0: there's another one in there that if he mm-hmm. leaves at the end, goes to the NFL. There's, there's
1: no buyout. He doesn't owe Clemson anything, Well, so they know, don't want didn't... him coaching against them. Basically, I guess, yeah. Team, and, like. and I
0: guess they don't want an elite going him, you know, one elite school to Alabama. And I mean, there have hmm. been talks and rumors or whatever. Well, he is a Bama grad, so. right? And yeah. and you know, obviously, Nick Saban can't coach forever. forever. Um, you know, and. I, I have not heard rumors or haven't heard anything that Saban is anywhere close to retiring, no. but, you know, it, it's interesting that, yeah, he's his name has come up as, you know, potentially being the successor right. there in Alabama. And they're, they're if definitely and worried
2: about it there in Clemson. Right, you know, right. write all that into his contract. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, he also got a whole lot of sweeteners in his oh, deal, yeah. oh, too. Yeah. He has uh, two vehicles through a dealer program with insurance and taxes paid. Okay. He gets a 22-seat suite at Memorial Stadium plus 20 additional tickets to home and away games, plus 40 tickets to postseason games, Jeez. to Divvy, amongst whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. He gets six tickets to each men's basketball home game and six tickets to each home baseball game. Mm-hmm. If he wins ACC Coach of the Year, that's a cool $25,000. Mm-hmm. National Coach of the Year, $50,000. Yeah. If he makes the ACC Championship game, that's another $50,000. Uh, if he wins the ACC Championship game, in addition to the 50000 he gets another $200,000. Yeah. Uh, eight regular season wins. Uh, with a non-college football playoff bowl game, he gets $75,000, which in the ACC for a team like Clemson, it, that, that's almost, almost a given. You know? yeah. uh-huh. uh, if he makes a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, that's $150,000. If he makes the, the, the first – so once the playoff expands, mm-hmm. if he just makes the first round of the playoffs, yeah. that's 150000 If he makes the semifinals, that's another – Two hundred fifty thousand on top of that one fifty, mm. uh, and if he let's see if he makes it to the championship game, that's another two hundred fifty thousand on top of the two fifty and the one fifty, mm-hmm. and then if he wins the national championship, that's another three hundred fifty thousand. So a million bucks if he yeah, wins the championship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he he got he got a whole lot put into that deal. That right, uh, it, I'll tell you, if I were him, it'd make me want to stick around for a while too. That <laughs> definitely shows they <laughs> won. Ten years there.
0: is nothing. Yeah. The, the problem is, is not only. The crazy thing is, even if he does a a crappy job over the next several years, which I'm not saying he will, because he probably still nothing. hits
2: half of those incentives. He, he
0: gets he gets uh, you know almost half of that deal in a buyout if he gets fired in the next two years. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> even in even in 2024, 2025, he still gets bought out for 60 million dollars, which is mm. you know almost half of that deal. So it's even if he does, you know, things take a turn for the worse right. and Clemson really falls off the, you know, off the wagon here, he's still walking away with, you know, a, a cool pot of money. Even, oh, yeah. even then, so I think you will I think you will be okay. But yeah, I, I thought I found that that verbiage in there. How old
1: is Dabo. I meant to look that up and I forgot.
0: I'm uh, not not sure. Uh, yeah, it can't be.
1: I, I mean,
0: can't be that old. Yeah. I, mean, I would say probably 50s, maybe. Yeah, yeah. early uh, 50s. Yeah, that's what I but, was thinking. He uh yeah definitely has changed the landscape there for for Clemson football and they're trying to make sure that that you know landscape or that you know continues the tradition continues by uh wrapping him up and signing him to this to this big deal um and I think it will be interesting to see how this does play out because you know with all of the expansion and all of the teams switching conferences and all that stuff you know there is possibility the ACC you know goes to funk they got to right. figure out a it's new conference
1: too um
0: how how they uh you know, what conference they join, you know, how that changes everything. And you just know the landscape of college football in general, but you know, right now, I mean, yeah, he's been the the class of the ACC. You can't you know, talk about a team that's been more consistent over the 15 years that he's been
1: there at Clemson other than, other than
0: Clemson. Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, on the other end of the coaching spectrum, Cornhuskers ex coach, Scott Frost lost his job this week. Um, I don't think it was a, major surprise to this panel right Uh, again after after their performance yeah again i think the timing was a little strange um but to me it just goes to show that it doesn't matter how much it costs teams want to win games Mm -hmm. if they'd waited till the first of october it would have saved them eight million Mm dollars in his buyout Mm -hmm. it cost them 15 million to get rid of him if they'd have waited until october 1st it would have only cost seven million Man. you know so to it me really it really
2: is kind of surprising they didn't wait though because the season what, is isn't yeah. turning around no, no matter who's taking it's over it's not, that not job like somebody's right
1: gonna take over and turn this team around this season mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, you know and back when he got hired it, he went 16 and 31 so mm-hmm. it's not just this season right. i think you know it's a it, combination of the past five seasons and they, yeah. they've
2: actually never finished higher than fifth in the big 10 western <laughs> yeah. division which yeah. and that we all know that's that's the softer side of the big 10 there in right. the west mm. so.
1: you know but back when he did get hired it looked like the perfect hire you know he took a central florida team from 0 and 12 to 13 and 0 in mm. two years um i mean an alumni of the brad yeah played Nebraska quarterback, played quarterback the,
0: for I mean, you know, yeah. um, a couple seasons couple there in Nebraska seasons? had a, had a you know national championship, if you will, um, while yeah. he was there at, at while he was playing quarterback for right. for Nebraska. So I mean, yeah, they obviously thought they were getting something, or they thought they had found yep. their guy, and it just yeah, he was, never played
1: under Tom, uh, <clears throat> never really. What was this? What was that coach's Tom? Uh, I can't even think of it. Tom, uh, something. Anyway, um, but. You know... It was Osborne, wasn't it? Tom Osborne, yeah. There's been some head scratchers, though, I think, recently for me. Like, you know, the press conference where he was bragging about, you know, working his players so hard that they were throwing up in practice. I mean...
2: You know that's that's not something you want to admit, that, especially I, when especially was, in this day and age of people you know overheating and dying. Yeah, exactly. from heat well, and well,
0: especially when the results aren't showing on the field. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, then you show up on Saturday and your team you know gets beat or looks like they haven't practiced all week. Right, I, right. I don't
1: know that that's yeah something yeah, maybe, you want to be bragging about, right? But. And then uh, you know he hires a new offensive coordinator and then bad mousing them public, mm-hmm. questioning the hire. Well, you're the one that hired him, so mm-hmm. you know maybe you should look in the mirror. To me, <laughs> the big one was against Northwestern. You know they're they're up by 11 in the third quarter, and they onside kick it and mm. don't get it. Yeah. Northwestern gets it in a short field, scores, turns the game when Northwestern winds up coming back and winning. I, right. I don't know. There was some just some real strange uh, coaching decisions I thought on right. and off the field yeah
0: and I mean I think you know Frost probably had to know or you know Nebraska fans Nebraska program had to know that this was kind of a make or break season for mm-hmm. for, for Scott Frost because in the offseason he, he fired four offensive assistants um, he had his pay cut from five million to four million dollars mm-hmm. then he agreed to have his buy he, he actually agreed to that buyout mm-hmm. that if they fired him, you know, after October first, or you know, on October first, it would be you know cut in half. Um, so he actually agreed to that. They didn't, they didn't actually stick to it because they fired him. Obviously, before uh, then, I, I
2: wonder if they were kind of trying to do him a favor, being, <laughs> being an alum, you know, to, yeah. to get the most he could out of being right being next here. But uh, yeah, no, I think and, it's again just, that just shows
1: me these colleges got way too much money to spend <laughs> right. on
0: football. Yeah, yeah all, all the donors and yeah. you know outside yeah. alumni and whatnot. Yeah. So, but,
1: so who do you like? I guess is the big question coming in to to, to Nebraska. You know, what what's your guys' thoughts on it? A- you know, replacement coach for
0: Tom Osborne. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously, Scott, uh, Scott <clears throat> Obviously, they they're gonna you know have an interim coach. The associate head coach uh, Mickey Joseph is Mickey the one Joseph. that's gonna be taken over uh, for the remainder of the season, and, and he's made the,
1: it clear he wants to be their head coach.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he's yeah. the, the first African American head coach there at Nebraska a- so. a, in any sport in yeah, yeah. Cornhuskers history. Yeah. Not just a QB,
1: play quarterback for the Huskers. Right. So you know,
0: he, and you know, he was also the the wide receivers coach. You know, not only kind of the associate head coach but was also the position, you know, the wide receiver position group coach. So I've and has been there, you know, for several seasons and um, you know, has, has had had you seen know, some decent talent there in, mm-hmm. in Nebraska at the wide receiver position. But uh yeah, we'll see how what, what he's able to do. I mean, they got a tough test already first week, you know, his new gig, he's got to go up against, you know, a ranked opponent, top ten opponent in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that, how that, how that goes for him. But if uh, if he
2: really wants any type of consideration, he's probably going to at least have to go 500 the rest of the way. Right. Right. To make this thing respectable. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. To show, to kind of show the program that it's more, it was more Scott Frost or, you know, it was more his coaching style or his you know style of coaching rather than like the overall, you know, feeling of the, of the program or the, you know, the players or, you know, the, the coaching staff that, that does remain there. But yeah, as far as, a, a potential new coach, if they you know do go a new route. I mean, I, I don't know. I've seen an exhaustive list uh, of, I got, of.
1: I got like ten names on here. Right. I really don't want to go through them all. I kind of mm. wrote down some stats and some mm-hmm. thoughts on it, and I maybe I to I, I pick a couple okay. out of my ten. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, I fill like us, uh, fill us in. <clears throat> I like Alabama's offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Okay. Um, been in know, the
2: Big Ten before already. Yeah, so and yeah, state it's the lay of the land. You yeah. know,
1: NFL. He did win four AFC South titles. Now, when he was uh, director of player personnel and for the texans that didn't go well but Mm -hmm. as a coach he went well you know don't forget he took over penn state Mm -hmm. after the you know joe pa era Mm -hmm. and um you know so you know he went eight and four his first year and seven and five the second year up there so you know to me i i like i like that you know and that coaching tree coming out of alabama i like bill Mm o'brien um I think would be you'd be hard pressed if like Matt said if Mickey Joseph, you know, finishes out the season, I think he'd be hard pressed, but going outside, you know, outside the fold there, I you know, I guess to me I like I like the um Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he seems to be in the running for ev- every head coaching job in the Big Ten that comes up. Right. His name's yeah. always mentioned, right?
1: You know they when he took over, the Iowa State only had one win mm. the prior season, and mm. at, you know now five of six now have been winning seasons. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, that's my two odds-on favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course. Urban Meyer's name was thrown out. Dude. Yeah, Man, I
2: don't... he's got nothing going on. But yeah. and, and, you know, actually, it's funny because he's he's actually starting to ever since Frost got fired, he's all, all of a sudden talking up Nebraska yeah. and, and he fans. talked about how great their fans are. And yeah, he, he, like even when he was coaching, I think that's just for the to get his name out there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't I don't think he is yeah,
0: I don't know how much interest he really had would have. And at this point, I think he would have to be a program that's somewhat established, or, you know, ready yeah. to win, yeah. if you will. And yeah. Nebraska seems like a little bit of a, of a rebuild or, you know, right. going to yeah. take some time, especially
1: several you know, years removed, right. I think for being a competitor. And I just
0: don't know that, you know, urban, you know, it's not a super old guy, but just has been in the, you know, college ranks for a long time. I mm-hmm. think it would just, you know, take its toll on him, to right. you know, mm-hmm. try to kind of rebuild something there that's not already established, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you just, you just kind of feel for Frost at the same time I mean, the guy, was in his you know five seasons five and 22 in one score games just you know
2: yeah it, we, on the cusp yeah we could be time.
0: we could be just as easily talking about him getting you know yeah. a contract extension or right. you know one of these big right. extensions as we are as much as we are yeah, I read talking. a
1: stat I've, I don't know what season it was not last was it last season or see but anyway like Colton said a lot of close games mm-hmm. he was basically 65 points away from away from going undefeated you're right exactly so, it, it's
0: just crazy how close but i think at the same time though a lot of those one score games you can point to him right and his, some, of his, some of his play calling or some of his decisions that yeah. he made that just seems like every week you're saying man how you know nebraska's up but how are they going to screw this up right. they, they seem to find a new way to lose every week what's it going to be this week yeah. and, and you know i think it finally was just the nail in the coffin getting beat by, you know, a F- small F- F- FCS Georgia school 7. that yeah. they paid almost a million and a half dollars to come play, right. and they lost.
1: And it, and Who you do you guys like, I guess, is mm. my question for you guys.
0: Yeah, no, like I said, I think it's uh, an exhaustive, you know, I, like I said, seen an exhaustive list of, of, of potential candidates there. But, you know, I, I think uh, I, I saw also would be interesting because Brett Bieland was already at a Big Ten school, mm-hmm in Illinois, and it it seems like he might be somewhat maybe changing things there in in Illinois or, you know, kind of headed in the right direction. So it'd be, I I don't know how that would improve or, you know, how that would make any sense or make him in a better situation from going from Illinois to Nebraska, how that elevates his kind of, you know, coaching stature, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But I saw that name out there and also saw, you know, Matt Campbell's name. And I think, uh, yeah, definitely. He could turn things around there. There in Nebraska, I mean, kind of a, a very midwestern school in Iowa State, and it always seems like Matt Campbell usually gets the most out of
2: what, what he got. has.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's kind of what what's lacking there in Nebraska is that you know it, it never seemed like Scott Frost could put put it all together. Right. It, it seemed like they had mm-hmm. a good offense but a terrible defense, or you know, good defense but a terrible offense. They never just able to put it all together. But I, I seem think Matt Campbell usually. Is able to get the most even, you know, on both sides of the ball, even with, you know, maybe not the best, the best talent, but, uh, you know, I've,
2: I've seen that name around there and I think would be, would be an interesting one to, to take the job. Yeah, and then a couple of other names that I've heard is Mark Stoops in, okay. in Kentucky, yeah. though, that, to me, that doesn't make much sense. He's, he's actually kind of flourishing in Kentucky yeah, right yeah. now. and uh, In the SEC. In you know, the SEC, right. right. So I, I guess maybe he might think he's got an easier path to, to winning in the Big Ten, but right. I, I don't think there's, that much variable between those two conferences. So you've got an established program mm-hmm. in the SEC and right. one who hasn't won, right. mid, had a winning mid, season in how many years yeah. in the Big Ten. Right, right. You know, I, I don't think you make that move. But the, and the other interesting one is a guy who's actually a, a newer coach here in college football, and that's Charles Huff, who just had the biggest win of his life for Marshall there last week, okay. beating Notre Dame. Right. So, you know, that's kind of an interesting name, and he, he really showed a lot last week right. going going in there and beating Notre Dame. Right. So. Right. You know, could, could he uh, do, do that type of thing going. with Nebraska? Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. <clears throat> good, good point. All right, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. Don't leave us. We'll be right back right after this.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Um, Well, let's get into some actual college football. Um a quick recap from last week. Um I went 3 and 2 again, 2 weeks in a row. So
2: well, we all did. We all had the same picks last week. Oh, yeah. did we really? Yeah. All right, 6-4. actually
1: before we go any further, I want to give I want to give Colton props for picking these games. He's really picked some great games yeah. for. Us. Um you know, that Bama game 20 to 19, the Vols 34-27 in overtime. The you know, Texas Tech 33-30 in double overtime. The Gators 26 to 16, they lost. Um, and Baylor uh, lost 26-20 in double overtime. So we've really had some close games, some very competitive games to watch. That you know, you didn't know how they were going to turn out till the very end. So right, right.
2: yeah. Um, I think
0: early in the season, or you know, this early action, couple of weeks, you just don't know what teams are going to be good, which ones are are not. You know, and
2: even looking at the stats doesn't really right. tell you much because you don't doesn't. know what the right. quality of opponent was. You those just first don't couple know. Games. You
0: know, most of the time. These first few weeks are usually tune-up games for yeah. you know some of these bigger bigger schools. With but some of the upsets that we've seen, <laughs> but, yeah, I can't yeah. even say that because right. yeah, we had three major upsets last week of, of games that we obviously didn't didn't talk about or weren't right. expecting to to be we much even, of games. weren't but, even
1: supposed to be really competitive, right? So. But uh,
0: they 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 were great. But yeah, I think uh, you know that Alabama Texas one it, it shocked me. Um, you know, I obviously picked the game right. I, I you know picked Alabama to win, but I, I thought it would be you know much bigger, bigger spread than what, what we got, but, yeah. you know, hats off or, you know, horns up to, to
2: Texas for keeping it, keeping it close there. Do they win that thing if Quinn Ewers doesn't go right. out early yeah. with the injury mm-hmm. and, you know, that the,
1: with your backup quarterback, I don't, you know, who
2: also was banged up at one time right. during the game. So it, but then how many times did they shoot themselves mm-hmm. in the foot in that mm-hmm. game? They had a Drop pass in the end zone that would have Man. been a touchdown. They had a missed field goal. Yeah, just and, a lot of a lot of missed opportunities. And then just yeah, letting, actually,
1: probably a game they should have won. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And,
2: and Alabama. And then one big missed call by the officials there mm-hmm. and on that yeah. game-winning oh, drive. I don't know how that wasn't a hole uh, on that big big run by the quarterback. Oh correct? yeah, yeah. But no.
0: uh, I think at this point the the, the referees might have got tired of throwing flags on Alabama. <laughs> they had 15 penalties for 100 yards in that game, and that's just not something you see a lot out of from, out of a, from a coach. You, you know, think coach some saved. of that
1: might have been frustration. I mean, yeah,
0: and it, and it seemed like it came from a lot of their big play. Will Anderson himself, who's you know a potential first round pick, you know next in next year's draft, had a lot of just stupid things that you just don't expect a veteran to do a lot of right. offsides, uh-huh. had a couple of late hits, just a lot of things that were just thinking like, man, what, what is going on yeah. here yeah. or whatever? Like seemed like they were Alabama probably could have won by a lot more, but they just kept Texas, you know, in the game by yeah. doing a lot of just stupid things that you just don't, don't see a lot from, from, lot you know, a, a saving coach team. Yeah. So, you know, definitely Alabama showed that they are, they are vulnerable. They're yeah. not, you know, there, there is, you know, a potential to, to beat them but you, you somewhat have to hope that they beat themselves a little bit because – And you got to play a much better and, game yeah, than,
1: exactly. what, than what they did this week. So. But, but it
2: didn't seem to really bother the pollsters here. No. I, they, they dropped from one to two, but that's just because Georgia was so dominant. Right. It had, really had nothing to do with Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Where I, I feel like the – the I think maybe the Buckeyes should have came in at number two this week, but yeah, it might be my scarlet and gray glasses too. But. <laughs> right, right. But
0: uh, no, I think that Kentucky-Florida game, I mean, I, I think we obviously – the pollsters or whatever had a big overreaction to to Florida. They yeah. obviously got the big win against you know number seven Utah in, in the
2: first week and ranked to twelve, jumped
0: all the way to twelve. And then I mean, the first half they looked you know in control or looked like a team that you know was going to win. They were a little
1: slow to get started, but right. then they warmed up and right. started putting. Some and then points the, the up second
0: half, it was like it was like
1: they didn't come out of the locker room. Right,
0: where, where did Florida go? I think it definitely was a tale of two halves because yeah. Kentucky in the first half looked like they were lost. They had no idea, you know, that they were playing a football game. And then the second half comes out and they look like a totally, totally different team. So I think, you know, that's obviously hats off to
2: Mark Stoops there in Kentucky and making some. Though for his losses, they looked they were only down at three at halftime. Right, right. You know, yeah, Florida just couldn't get anything going mm-hmm. in the second half, mm-hmm. scoring zero. A big goose yeah. egg in right. the entire second half. That's yeah. not going to get it done. Yeah, I thought it was, especially same. playing at home. Yeah. At home, you right. know,
0: in, in the swamp. Um, so yeah. that was.
2: It, so what type of hit did they take for for that? I loss, think they're or? unranked. Did, I think, did they go yeah. back to yeah. unranked? Yeah, okay. I think
0: they did. Yeah. Um, and uh it, yeah, it was interesting. You know, another overreaction. Mm-hmm. You know florida's quarterback in the first week everybody was calling for him to win the, the heisman, heisman. <laughs> this second week he didn't even complete 50 percent of his passes yeah. had a less than 150 passing yards no touchdowns and and threw two picks mm-hmm. so definitely you know like i said in these first two weeks you never know what you're gonna get what's right. gonna happen once we start to kind of get into conference play that's when you start to see okay which teams are going to really separate right. themselves? Which yeah, ones are really yeah. going to be the, the dominant teams in their respective conferences? But mm. yeah, I, I think but, but still, you know, the Saturday games were were interesting. We had, you know, like I said, a couple three overtime games in the yeah. in the games that we picked and just a lot of a lot of interesting good stuff action. that came yeah. came, good. Down good the, came down to came
1: down to the wire yeah. there. So all right, we ready to do our picks for this week. sir. All right, first game on the slate, number 12 BYU at number 25 Oregon. And Oregon, I guess, since they're playing at home, is favored by three and a half. They're coming in at one and one, and BYU's coming in at two and oh. So, mm-hmm. number, Matt, number 12 BYU against yeah. number
0: 25 Oregon. So, right, right, actually, so.
2: BYU is
0: an underdog, even though they're the higher-ranked team. Right. And if looked, I think, more competent right. than, than Oregon has. But, Matt, tell me what you think.
2: Yeah, so so going into this, if you just look at the stats, it tells a story that this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. But those stats for Oregon are – Awfully lopsided by their 70 to 14 win last week mm. against Eastern Washington. Yeah. Their first game, they obviously looked terrible against Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're they're going back to playing a ranked opponent, mm-hmm. not, not an Eastern Washington. I, I think this is going to be closer to that Georgia contest mm-hmm. than that Eastern Washington contest. I think BYU wins it. Yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be a close one, but I think their offense is just going to be too much for Oregon. Mm-hmm. I, yeah.
1: I like that pick, Matt. I like BYU's offense and also Oregon's. You know, in their two games, they've given up 31 and a half points a game and 379 yards of offense. So right. I got the Cougars eating the ducks this weekend.
0: Yeah, I, I got to agree with you on that one. I'm going make it three for three. <laughs> I, I like BYU to get it done here. And, you know, kind of like what you said, Matt, which Oregon team are we going to get here? Right. You know, the the team that they played against Georgia, obviously they looked looked horrible. And, and then, you know, they come out against Eastern Washington and, yeah, they they you know score a bunch of points as as expected and yeah, you know like they should have. But, right. but what are we going to get against another ranked opponent here? Yeah. Yes, they are at home you know in this one, but BYU coming off a big win against a ranked opponent mm-hmm. last you know last week in, in double overtime and yeah. that Baylor squad is is tough. It's tough to score points. You know yeah. it, it's going to be a grinded out type game. So I think you know BYU has definitely been been tested, and I think it's because of the BYU quarterback in in Jaron Hall he played last week without his top 2 receivers and still was able to get the get the win against mm-hmm. uh, you know Baylor so I think this is going to be going to be a tough one again for for BYU, but I like them to to get it done and you know pull off pull off
2: the upset. And you know, for BYU, they've done a great job scheduling this year. They're they're getting themselves in contention to be in this a, right. a playoff hunt right. here for a non power five yeah. conference yeah. team. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Win, they win know what they,
1: they know what they got to do. Right, so, another
2: win
0: here could could vault them into the into the top ten. We yeah. could be looking at you know another mm-hmm. Cincinnati here in the
1: in the mix um, if they can keep keep sure. things going. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, next we got a Big Ten school. We got number twenty-two, Penn State, going into Auburn. Both teams coming in two and zero. Auburn's unranked, and Penn State's favored by three points. Um, Colton, you want you get us started on this game?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think in this one, the magic number for Auburn is is twenty points. Um, un, under you know current coach uh, Brian Harson at, at Auburn, if they score twenty or more points, they're eight and two. They score anything less than twenty points, they're zero and oh and four. So mm-hmm. I think the magic number for them is 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 that twenty or you know three touchdown mark. But guys, I just I I, I like Penn State in this one. Uh, Auburn Auburn seems a little too one dimensional for me. Uh, their their quarterback they have not gotten great quarterback play from either one of their two quarterbacks that they played this have have you know played in a game this this year. Uh, they have combined for one throwing you know one passing touchdown and four interceptions. So I think that rushing attack of Auburn, I think Penn State is going to be able to, you know, limit them to being, like I said, one-dimensional team. Mm-hmm. Penn State seems to be more balanced on offense. I don't think this is going to be, you know, a blowout by any means. I think Penn State, I think that three-point spread that they got right now, I think it's probably about about right. Um, but, yeah, I like uh, Penn State to – go on the road and, and get a win
2: against the, the Auburn Tigers. I'm going to go not so fast, my friend, right. on this one. You know, like you said, I, I think this is going to be a close game. And to me, close games come down to who can run the football mm. better. Mm. And Auburn this year is averaging 247.5 rushing yards per game. Penn State's only averaging 160. So I think that gives Auburn a slight edge to control the clock a little bit, mm. you know, grind grind down a little bit there at the end of the game when they need to run some clock out mm-hmm. and do just enough to pull out a victory here against Penn State. All right.
1: All right, I gotta I gotta go with Colton on this. I, I like the Lions over the Tigers. Oh my! <laughs> but uh, and I'll tell you why. And Colton touched on it a little bit the quarterback play. You know, uh, Auburn's leading quarterback Finley he has one TD and three picks. Mm-hmm. You got Sean Clifford, who's season quarterback in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. five TDs and one pick. Um, and Auburn's played San Jose State and the Mercer Bears, I think, which is. Kind of what's leading to those kind of obscene numbers on the ground that you talk about, Matt. So, you know, not that not that Penn State's played great competition, you know, OU and Purdue, but I think probably better quality teams and what Auburn has played. So, I like Penn State in this in this one as well. All righty, <clears throat> on to the next one. Texas Tech, coming off a big win against number sixteen North Carolina State. Both teams coming in two and zero it's at north carolina state and they are favored by 10 points Mm, yeah biggest spread of our games this week so yeah yeah definitely i'll I'll go ahead and start here um i like north carolina state i'm gonna come out and say it right off the bat um their d has only given up 11 and a half points and 267 yards Mm -hmm. a game so to me you know and i i know texas tech got a big win last week but I just don't think going on the road against this North Carolina State team, I like the Wolfpack. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: uh, yeah, I think that 10 points is, is pretty, pretty lenient, but I think we're, we're you know, tail of two two weeks for North Carolina State. They had that, that first week where they squeaked out a win against, you know, Eastern Carolina, one point victory there. And then, you know, the next week they come against uh, Charleston Southern and, and beat them 55 to three. So it depends, you know, what, what North Carolina State team we're going to get here. But, uh, you know, I think, I like them. I like them either way. Here, I think North Carolina State has, has the better defense of the of the two teams. Um, so I think if we get in a shootout, I think North Carolina State still has the offense to to keep up there. Um, but you know, interesting stat there: through the first two games, Texas Tech leads the nation in passing yards, mm-hmm. almost 412 yards per per game in the in the passing wow. attack. So
2: the they like to, yeah, they
0: like to get it out there, like to throw it out there and get the get the pigskin moving around. But uh, I think North Carolina State has a has a quarterback there in Devin Leary that can, you know, match them, you know, throw for throw. I like North Carolina State to be at home, get it done,
2: maybe not cover the spread, but, but still get mm-hmm. the win. <clears throat> well, this is another not so fast, oh. my friends, on this one. I, you know, this is, on paper, you're right, this is as close as it gets, these two teams have Both played great offense, good defense, both sides of the ball. But, you know, NC State hasn't played anyone of note yet this season Mm -hmm. while Texas Tech last week got got that gritty win against Houston. They gutted Mm -hmm. it out. And I just, to me, the eye test says Texas Tech's a little bit of a better football team right now. They've played better opponents, and Mm -hmm. they're still putting up points. They're they're playing great football. All right. Good pick. Um,
1: All right, another uh, Big Ten school. Got number 11, Michigan State. 2 uh, and0 going out west against Washington who's also two and0 but unranked and Washington is actually Michigan State's the underdog by three and a half points mm-hmm. so I was a little surprised at that but then I started doing a little more research and um, you know they're offensively they're they're uh, putting up 571 yards a game and 385 of those are through the air mm-hmm. uh, six Tds and one pick and um, what Michigan State only giving up 279 yards on on their defense, but the majority of them have been through the air. So I think to me that kind of to me looks at the fact you know kind of plays the fact that you know there maybe their their uh, passing defense isn't going to be as good. So I got the Huskies over the Spartans.
0: All right, big big upset there. Well. I like, uh, I like Michigan state to get it done here. I I think, uh, they, they got, you know, a rushing attack there that's averaging almost six yards a carry and and they got seven rushing touchdowns. I think they're going to be able to kind of slow this game down a little bit, kind of control the ball a lot, keep, keep the ball away from, from Washington and, you know, yeah, you talk about the stats, the numbers, the offensive numbers, whatnot. But those two opponents were Kent State and Portland State. Right. You know what? What, what are we going to get from that? I mean, Michigan State hasn't necessarily been tested either, unless you Western but, Michigan. But but, I was say
2: both these teams have dominated a Mac opponent, right? For sure. Right. But so like. I think,
0: but it, it is interesting because Washington starting quarterback, former Indiana starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Uh-huh. in his two games against Michigan State threw for 606 yards one interception and six total touchdowns. So something to look out there, obviously very familiar with that, with that Michigan state team. But like I said, I think Michigan state's going to be able to control the clock with that rushing. They got two running backs up there that have replaced Kenneth Walker. The third, I think they control the clock here, limit those opportunities for Washington I think uh, Michigan State gets it done on the road and and pulls off the upset even though they're the
2: higher-ranked team. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm with Colton on this one. I'm going Michigan State. Their defense has been stellar this year. They've only given up on average six points a game. Hmm. I I think they'll win a close one. I know they haven't played anybody, but just knowing the pedigree and the history of Michigan State, they've always been known for their defense and and playing tough. Just grind as So I I, I don't find that to be – as much of a surprise mm-hmm, for them, mm-hmm. I, I think that defense can continue to play that way, and mm-hmm. I, I think they they win this one close. All uh-huh. right,
1: good job, fellas. Last game, our uh, only two that uh, well, I guess the last one where the two teams are ranked. You got number thirteen, Miami, um, going to Texas A and M, who's ranked twenty fourth. Miami's two zero. Texas A and M coming in one and one after of um, an embarrassing yeah. loss last week to yeah, Appalachian yeah. State. Appalachian State, who you know is. And they only scored fourteen points against Appalachian State. So But
0: somehow Vegas still likes Texas AM. Yeah, five and a half five points. Five and a half points.
1: I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I to me I got I got the Hurricanes blowing away the Aggies. Right. I think I think they'll I think they'll go in and they'll beat Texas A and M at their
2: at your home state? yeah i'm with you rob you know miami's been averaging 50 points per game so far this year texas a&m putting up 22 and something just looks off with texas a&m i mean they lost to appalachian state but their first game wasn't pretty either uh-huh. it was a it was a tough contest against not a great opponent there either so right. texas a&m is not living up to those expectations that I think the the boosters there in Texas A and M might be getting a little little antsy. Little, little antsy because yeah. they they paid a lot of money for they this said roster. You know, so. it's a
1: must win for yeah. Jimbo. Yeah, I can um, see that being true, yeah. yeah. And, it,
2: and it's
0: going to be interesting. I mean, this is a a first test then for that Miami staff as well. This is you know a new coaching staff Billy with Navy, you know again. with uh, Mario Cristobal. Or Cristobal yeah, is the Navy. the new head coach there, and Florida. he's he's had you know success through the first two games, but this is the first one that it's a true test to see. Are is the U back? Is this right. you know? Are we yeah, going to mm-hmm. see the Miami that we used to see back in the early two thousands, you know, nineties, eighties, things like that? But uh, you know, I, I you know, I have to agree with Matt. I like the Hurricanes to get it done in this one. I agree with the other, you know, with Dad and and you know Matt in this That's one. The I one think we
1: all three agree on. I right? think uh,
0: you know it's it's interesting. You know, like Matt said, Texas A and M just on especially on the offensive side of the ball just has no identity they, yeah. they have no dominant you know part of their game and it definitely is not running the ball they're only averaging 96 and yards on the on the rushing attack and it doesn't spell good things because Miami's defense only giving up 58 and a yards on, mm-hmm. on the run so mm-hmm. definitely not you know I think this early in the season it, you start saying man Texas A&M what I mean they're not even into the heart of their you know SEC schedule, right. and they still don't know who what they they're are. doing or you know how they're how they're gonna you know score points or you know whatever on that offensive side of the ball. Got a lot of question marks at the quarterback position of who they might start this mm-hmm. week. Uh, I, I just think that yeah, got a lot more questions than answers on that. You know, at, at Texas A&M, it is good that they. playing at home but I think this this Hurricanes team is is for real I think that they they get it done on the road and and you know pull off the pull off the upset in uh you know at at Texas A&M so we'll see we'll see what happens but um it's gonna be uh gonna be an interesting one so tune in we got yeah great great slate of games there game you know game five um but yeah I like the I like the Miami Hurricanes to to get it done
1: all right very good well, that's our show for tonight. Um, hopefully, next week we'll be able to get into some NFL stuff. I know, uh, you know, that season started this weekend, and there was uh, some s- teams that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see how they do. And surprise two.
0: you, good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: both ways. So uh, you know, and there was some key injuries. You know, Dak Prescott with the with the with the thumb, the thumb and uh, you know, who knows what's going on with TJ's, or, uh, yeah, TJ or D J. J Watt in Pittsburgh. They're not sure how bad that pec injury is, and um, you know, I, I, I it's going to be a fun season. I think in the NFL looks like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe some mixing up on who mm-hmm. we thought was going to be good and who we thought was going to be bad, mm-hmm. but still early, you yeah, know, just week uh, one, we'll let Colton sign us off and, uh, give you, give you all the information that's vital. If you're a fan.
0: All right. Well, we uh, appreciate you listening to fired up with your host Colton Cal.
1: Chief Rob Cal
2: Matt Cordes.
0: We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, definitely feel free to reach out to us on our different social media platforms. We have an Instagram. Um, our handle is up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search firedup, sports podcast. Um, and as always, you can also head over to our website, which is uh, www.pod fired up uh where you can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about, about the show. And, you know, you can also find all of our past episodes and uh, this, this episode will be posted uh, later tomorrow. Um, you can find all of that on uh, pretty much any podcast platform you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So, anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So as always, yeah, yeah. We appreciate you listening. And as always stay Stay fired fired up. up.